Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. This show is one in which I discuss all the media I can consume. It is, in essence, a journey into my mind. Oh, that's something. Um, I do it because if I don't, all this uh, uh, knowledge, that's a strong word, all this information... Yeah, that's perhaps more accurate. All this data. Or data, if you prefer. And I hope you don't, because I like data better. Um, Will just sit up in my brain and slowly drive me insane, is the theory I'm working under. So I pour it forth into the interwebs in the hopes, nay, the realization that no one's listening, but still, it helps. It helps me. It helps you probably doesn't help you uh on that note of you you may not have consumed some of this media yourself so the potential exists i could spoil it for you and i don't want to do that so i warn at the top of every show as long as i remember to do so that things could be spoiled Uh, let's see if i can get this mic in a better position here is that better yeah, I need like a longer arm or to sit closer or to figure it out better. <sighs> okay, I think I will push a button that will get us started like this. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Goring's Platform Shoe Rebalancing Clinic. Thank you for that sponsorship, you weirdo. Okay, I have four movies for this particular monologue, the first of which is titled Crip Camp from 2020. It is a documentary, which I think a few of these might be, because the yeah uh, two of them, two of four, half of them, you, would, you might say. Uh, the Mrs. has been on a documentary terror lately, uh, which means I also have been, apparently. Uh, let me read the uh, uh Down the road from Woodstock, mm-hmm, a revolution blossom at a ranch, ramshackle summer camp for teenagers with disabilities transforming their lives and igniting a landmark movement. So, uh, first and foremost, let me just say, and maybe it has something to do with that down the road from Woodstock, uh, the music in this is up there with, well, the movie Woodstock, and, uh, shares a lot of it, uh, which is not too surprising, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, really, really good, good tunes throughout. Um, 
Also has a bit of a feel of uh, uh, Meatballs, the, the, the Bill Murray movie Meatballs, and just a, sort of a, a ragtag group uh, uh, thrust together at this summer camp uh, and then end with uh, sort of turning, I don't know if it turns their lives around, but makes their lives better, let's just say that, and makes the lives of millions others better because this landmark movement... <clears throat> is something, uh, and, and you may not remember this, and, and I don't really, a little before my time. I was born in uh, 1981, so uh, uh, people with disabilities treated horrendously, uh, basically. If you just want to do a, a period, you know, full stop, that's what was happening. Um, and the fight to be, to 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 not <laughs> be treated like like horribly. Yeah, that's all. That's all it was. Just the fight to be treated like a, 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 a just not bad uh, that happened during this time. And uh, it's, I don't it, it, it got its roots at this camp, I guess you would say. So very, very cool, Doc. Rating wise, it was solid 4.29637, etc. Repeating. Yeah, doesn't have to make sense but it just has to be rated for some reason. Moving on to, from 2019, The Platform. A weird one. Uh, a vertical prison with one cell per level, two people per cell, only one food platform and two minutes per day to feed from up to down. An endless nightmare trapped in the hole. Uh, why is the hole capitalized? Huh. Interesting. Um, apparently won a bunch of awards, uh, I'm seeing. The TIFF, it's got TIFF on it, which is the Toronto one, right? Toronto International Film Festival? Huh. Uh, anyways, uh, this is a weird movie <laughs> and a weird premise, and I like a weird movie and a weird premise, and I liked this movie. On that note, rating-wise, geez, do I go five? No, I'll, I'll go four and change. Yeah, just a nebulous and change. Um, so... <laughs> First and foremost, something interesting of this movie, and I've never seen anything uh, like it on Netflix before, in that it's got a just a, a crap ton of uh, language options for some reason, uh, which I don't really know why. And an interesting thing as well that uh, happened to the Mrs. and I, um, she was the one who found this movie, and when she watched the trailer, it was in English with no subtitles. Um, on her, you know how you can each have your own Netflix account? Well, it's one account that I pay for, I might add. Do I get a thanks? Yes. Uh, anyways, um, uh, like, she, on her account, the trailer was, uh, uh, English with no subtitles, and on my account, when we watched the trailer again, because she's like, oh, what do you think of this movie? And we were on my account, and then I played it, and it was in whatever the original language was with English subtitles, so my theory was, because she does not like watching movies with subtitles, and I don't mind it, uh, as long as I'm not playing video games at the same time. Uh, that Netflix somehow knew that fact. <laughs> Is that weird? Probably weird. Um, so how do you survive uh, in this prison? It's difficult, and especially the lower down you go, because as you can imagine, people on floor number one are getting the first run at the food. Um, it, it's a lot of food for those people at number one, but then, you know, at, at floor 171, you're not getting like any food at all, so it leads to... Well, let's just go ahead and say it. Cannibalism. Cannibalism. It's going to happen in this situation. Why? 
and I don't think we ever find out why does this prison exist? Um, are they being filmed? Is it some sort of Running Man type situation? I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's weird in many regards, uh, not least of which is not knowing things like that. Uh, and, and I like that, so that's why I gave it that rating. Moving on to, from 2019, Circus of Books. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, in 1976, Karen... Oh, this is a long one. Uh, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay, so let's not read the good reads because it's like a paragraph long. Uh, so uh, we've got uh, 1976, uh, Karen and Barry Mason, they open a, uh, a hardcore gay book... Uh, uh, well, I guess it was already open. They buy a hardcore gay uh, uh, book and movie place in the West Village of California of LA yeah okay uh so, so they were sort of up and running during the AIDS crisis and this uh documentary revolves around them uh, uh very very interesting <laughs> the one thing I like in particular is that the the uh Karen and Barry uh Karen is very much a Karen <laughs> actually I've just realized uh, in, in that she's sort of a, she's tough, she's no-nonsense, doesn't take shit from anyone. She's not the nicest person, I would hesitate to say. Um, but we do see a bit of an arc, I think, in that uh, she develops uh, over the course of the movie, just in terms of uh, when her son comes out as gay... She does not take it well, despite owning uh, and being sort of entrenched in this world. Um, but eventually she she changes. Now, it's a shame it had to happen the way it did, in that she didn't immediately just say, I, I love you, you're my son, no matter what. Uh, that, you know, that's the ideal situation, of course. But uh, she's, she's changed. So people can change. And... Whew, do people change... Okay, here's a, here's a question for you audience participation time which has never worked but i do it nonetheless um do on average if we're going to say 50 percent, right down the middle when people change do they change for the better more often than not <clears throat> i would hazard a guess yes and i'm not a super optimistic person i think i'm uh, i consider myself a realist but I'm sure most people consider themselves realists. Um, negative people and positive people, I, I bet, usually consider themselves realists in their own minds. Um, but but I, I do feel like, uh, on average, change brought about by things that happen to you is usually change that will make you a better person. Hmm. Question mark. <clears throat> Circus of Books rating... Although 3.1, uh, if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, uh, 3 is for enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again, and I don't really think I need to see this movie again necessarily. There, it did make me a little antsy, um, just the, the, the Karen, <laughs> the Karen of it all, uh, like, like people like her, uh, it's just like, uh, I don't know, they make me a little, little, little nervous, a little, little antsy or something, uh, yeah, not nice people are not nice, and I don't like them. Yeah, okay, there you go. Speaking of nice people, the upside from 2017. Uh, are these nice? Yeah, they're they're pretty nice to each other. A comedic look at the relationship between a wealthy man with quadriplegia and an unemployed man with a criminal record who's hired to help him. Apparently, based on a true story, which 
which is interesting. Uh, uh, the, uh, the, the stars Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston. And uh, the missus and I sort of looking for movies to watch. And I wanted something funny and maybe a little heartwarming. And, you know, these are tough times. And uh, depending on when you're listening to this, it may still be tough, maybe tougher. <laughs> Let's hope not. Jesus Christ. Uh, so, uh, sort of knew this in a, this movie in a sort of nebulous way and figured it would be a little heartwarming and, uh, movies like this during times like this, I think are a bit of a bomb, B-A-L-M. And, uh, this very much fit that role for that reason. I think I'll go with like a solid 4.7. Sure. That sounds like a number. Uh, would recommend it if, if you're just sort of, uh, it's two hours long, which, yeah, maybe a little long, but it's just sort of a, a, a typical, almost quintessential, uh, a buddy movie, not a buddy cop movie as they're not police officers, just that it follows that arc of don't like each other, uh, like each other, love each other, hate each other, love each other again. That happens in all of movies like this. Uh, um, but, uh, done well. Brian Cranston, obviously, he, he's just incredible. Kevin Hart is interesting. He plays like a badass, <laughs> like a little bit in this, like a, like, like, like a, uh, yeah, just basically a, a badass, which, uh, from such a, a little comedic man <laughs> is a, is a little uh, difficult to believe, let's say, but he, he, he does fine as well. Uh, let's push another button like this. Television Talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Night Owl's Strigiaforms Avery. Thank you for that sponsorship. We've got two televisions for you today. We've got uh, first Middle Ditch and Schwartz, which, uh, yeah, I, I guess it's three episodes special uh, on Netflix. Is that television? Ah, who knows anymore, right? We'll just put it where it feels right to put it. And it feels television-y as opposed to movie Thomas Middleditch, uh, in brackets it here, it says Silicon Valley, and Ben Swartz, in bracket here, it says Parks and Recreation, perform two-person long, po- long porn, oh boy, yeah, it does get a little sexual from time to time, two-person long form improv. Yeah, that's all it is. Um, as simple as that, and yet really incredibly funny, and uh, does something interesting in that uh, improv is, I think, a thing. (laughs) Oh my god, really tread new ground here. I think improv is a thing. No, it is a thing that, if done well, looks easy. Does that make sense? I think that might actually make sense. And... Uh, despite knowing that what they are doing, which is creating like a like an hour long, just continuous well, not doesn't have to be continuous, but a, an hour long scene or scenes conjoined scenes uh, from talking to the audience and getting some ideas for you know uh, uh, fifteen minutes or so. They edit that part down. They said, um, and, and just making shit up on the spot for an hour. And have it be amazing and um, uh, sort of a, a, an amalgamation that makes sense and is funny. And there's, there's, there's a logic to it. It's not just craziness, but there is craziness. 
structured insanity. Ooh, structured insanity. Could that be structured insanity? Maybe work its way into the title of this episode. Hey, not impossible. Uh, really just sort of an incredible feat and, uh, getting all sorts of praise. Uh, I, I think, uh, I saw it had like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, and two sort of, I would probably go so far to say two famously nice guys as well. Uh, so it, it's good to see it's, it, it's nice to be nice to the nice, which is how we end every episode of this podcast. So it's nice to see, uh, uh people good at their craft, um, who, are nice in the world have good things happen to them so for that reason rating wise geez do i go five out of five yeah for that reason i'll go five out of five hey why not for for all of those reasons and the fact that uh, you know it was very funny as well uh moving on to night on earth oh wait i got the wrong <laughs> uh i got the wrong wiki wikipedia um so Night on Earth is a movie from 1991, a comedy, an art comedy drama film, but that's not the one I want. Let's see if I could find the right one. Night on Earth TV series. Okay, let's see if this is the right one. Aha! Okay. <clears throat> Night on Earth is a British nature documentary series made from Netflix. Made for Netflix. It's not made from Netflix. Uh, narrated by Samira Wiley. Who is Samira Wiley? Because she did sound familiar. Uh, American actress role Posey Washington in the Netflix comedy Oranges is New Black. Okay, let me see who that is. P oh, Pousset. Pousset. Oh, that's who was narrating? Huh. That's interesting. Uh, normally I'm good with voices, but uh, and she sounded familiar, but I, I didn't know it was her. Anyways, um, so it's a, a Netflix created nature documentary, um, and the the sort of twist uh, is it's following uh, animals at night using sort of uh, very sophisticated cameras that, uh, even with like very very little light, like even with like just moonlight or starlight, like almost no light needed at all, uh, they could film sort of uh, very detailed. Uh, video of animals at night uh, in various different habitats so very very cool to behold and uh, apparently for science it has meant we've got to see things that have never been seen before for the simple reason that it's normally happening in the the, the practically pitch black uh, so, so that's cool from a science point and then also beautiful because uh, everything sort of takes on a little bit of a different hue um, the, the, some of the underwater stuff, just, uh, the, the, the bioluminescence, uh, really just beautiful and nature documentaries in general, not dissimilar to, uh, what were we just talking about? Uh, the upside, uh, nature documentaries in general during these times really just sort of, they, they act like a bomb, B-A-L-M on, uh, <laughs> on the soul. Ooh, bomb on the soul. Structured insanity is a bomb on the soul. That sounds like it makes sense. And uh, let me say this sentence out loud for you and tell me if this makes sense. Structured insanity is a bomb for the soul. Ooh, it sounds like really smart, but kind of doesn't mean anything, which is usually the best stuff. 
Uh, that'll probably be the title because if you don't listen to the episode, which is what most people do, uh, it won't make any sense. Uh, but if you do listen, you will know how I came about it. Uh, night on earth, five out of five. Game Gabin. Today's game, Gavin Sponson is Sponson. Sponsor is Combine Brand Walkie Talkies. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, we're talking uh, Half Life colon Alex. Holy shit! A new Half Life game? Is this Half Life Three? No, because it's a prequel. But but okay. I, I l- let me just do this, and I haven't done this for anything else um, because I haven't really spoiled anything. I guess. Uh, let me throw out. Despite giving a spoiler warning at the top of the show, I want to give another one for this game specifically because uh, so much happens in this that I want to talk about and it will spoil if you haven't played. Now the difficulty there is not everyone has VR. You can only play this game in virtual reality. Uh, I played it on the Oculus. uh, You can play it on the Vive. Uh, I think... There may be others, there may be other ways, but that's sort of the main way. I don't know if it'll make its way to PlayStation at some point. I kind of probably not. Maybe who knows? Just because it's made by Steam, so they might want to have the competition there. Anyways, if you're unfamiliar with Half Life, what have you been under a rock? I uh, dressed as Gordon Freeman once for Halloween, uh, complete with crowbar, which I still have. That's uh, painted in the uh, Half-Life colors. Um, Half-Life was one of the sort of formidable games. Uh, formidable? No. Form. Hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? Formidable? Is that one? it really informed my early gaming career <laughs> is the another way to say that um uh, i remember my uncle getting it for me uh, sort of through his work it was like going around people were like trading it probably not in a legal way so maybe i'm making that up for legal purposes that didn't happen um and got me a copy of it and it was one of the early sort of pc games i played uh, and probably helped ferment my love of PC gaming. I, I, I did a mostly console gaming back in the day, but um, because I, I never really had PCs that were super powerful. I do now, though, uh, obviously, because you need a really powerful PC to play this as well, is the other sort of downside of this game. Uh, okay, so that's the negative. Um, but I think the fact that it's in VR is perhaps the only way they could have made a new Half-Life game. Um, I I think they did an incredibly smart thing. People clamoring for Half-Life 3 for... Jeez, how many... It's been over a decade, I'm sure. And it just... It it wasn't going to happen. The the hype was such that they they can't make this game and not have it uh, liked to the degree that people hope they like it. Oh, yeah, that's kind of a good way of breaking it down, I feel like. Um, so the fact that they instead did a prequel and instead did it in VR, I think it was a very, very smart move on their part. And the the, the spoilerness that I'm going to say right now is that 
they set it up for the potential for Half-Life 3 to be in VR. At the very last scene of this game, you are, for a brief moment, in the body of Gordon Freeman, um, complete with crowbar in hand, and my god, did I get goosebumps when that happened. It was insane. Um, what this does, this game does, uh, at the end... Uh, and this is obviously spoilery stuff, is allows... You're, you're playing Alex Vance, who uh, was sort of accompanying and, and helping Gordon Freeman through Half-Life 2 and Episode 1 and Episode 2 uh, of Half-Life 2. Uh, it's confusing that they did that, I know. Um, but you, in this game, sort of make a choice to... And this is a spoiler to those games, uh, save your dad. Uh, at the end of Half-Life 2, Episode 2, uh, uh, what's his name? Well, his last name's Vance. Alex Vance's dad, I forget what his name is, um, dies. Yes, we all know that. This game is, that game's been out for, you know, over a decade. So if you haven't played it, I'm sorry. And plus, I don't think I could have warned more of spoilers. Um, in this game, uh, the man in the suit, what's his name? Is this just the man in the suit? Uh, I don't think it really has a name. Gives you the opportunity to save your dad, which uh, I think, uh, I don't know if you have to take it. I did anyways. Maybe there's multiple endings. I, I never actually looked into it. Uh, I took the opportunity to save my dad because I think that's what she, what she would have done, um, which then seemingly actually happens uh, and instead of uh, the father dying, Alex disappears. So uh, uh, Half-Life 3 seemingly will start with Gordon Freeman looking for Alex as she just sort of disappeared um, in the in the effort of saving her father, disappeared who knows where. So very, very cool. Okay, so let's talk about this game now. Uh, Jesus. Uh, it's just like an incredible feat to the degree where I'd put it on and time would pass in the game and then I would take it off and I'd be like blown away by how long I've been playing. Uh, it's a long game if you like do like I did, which is just explore and don't rush through it and you know look in every box, open every drawer. It, it's just like you're in a living, breathing world where you could pick up anything. Um, you have these gloves, uh, uh, gravity gloves, you could probably call them. They call them something else where you could uh, point at a thing, almost everything in the world. Uh, you can point at it and then just sort of flick your wrist and it'll shoot towards you and you can grab it in your hand. Um, you can upgrade your guns, which uh, by the end of the game I had everything fully upgraded. There's not a huge selection of guns. Uh, they made them all guns that uh, are one-handed uh like uh, wielded with one hand i i think they sort of had to do that because you need your other hand to sort of manipulate objects in the world uh, so i wonder if that's something that they'll mess with because there's those sort of iconic guns um in half-life that if gordon freeman doesn't get would kind of feel sort of odd so maybe there'll be some work around that I, i'm not quite sure um, you're, you're, you're sort of zooming through this world. Uh, um, you've got a hacking device that you need to uh, do puzzles with. The puzzles were very cool, very sort of three-dimensional. There were times where I, I played this mostly sitting down, which you can do. It takes a little rejiggering, but uh, 
there was times where I'd have to get up and manipulate some of these puzzles and look at them from different angles, which was pretty crazy. Uh, the the bad guys are all ones you know and love. You've got your your head crab zombies. You've got your combine ant lions make an appearance. Um, there's this oh yeah, <laughs> there's this one uh, uh, bad guy named Jeff. <laughs> Uh, he's like a, you know what he reminded me of? Uh, 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 the Last of Us sort of um, fungal zombie. And he's like spewing spores all over the place. Oh, and he can't, similar to those clickers, he can't see. He can only hear. And the spores make you cough. So l let me just say this to blow your fucking mind. You literally have to put your actual real hand up to your mouth uh, in order to hold in the coughs, um, when this guy's around, uh, because if you don't, you will cough and he will come and sort of instantly kill you. So it, it, when I say literally, like I, I actually mean your real hand in real life has to be up by your face in order to hold in coughs of your character in the game. That's the sort of that's the sort of goddamn shit we're working at with with this game. It, it, just insane. Uh, and then you think, ah, that's no big deal. But then, how do you reload your gun? How do you uh, do things that require two hands when you've got to have one by your face all the time? Uh, just the uh, insane stuff like that to really sort of pull you into this game. <sighs> so so very good. Um, and I used um, teleportation. Uh, travel throughout so uh, there was only one section of the game where I felt any form of VR sickness VR nausea which uh, is, is pretty incredible because I played for geez I never actually oh you know what I think I can look on my steam uh, how long I played for now not all of this will be playtime 13 hours uh, because some of it will be, you know, where I was paused or stuff like that. But uh, but about a dozen hours, let's say, uh, to, to beat the game from start to finish. Which is not a long game, but it's by far, by, by many fold, the longest VR game I've ever played. Um, and it, it, it just flew by, and I want more, and I loved it. And six out of five. Yeah, I don't give too many sixes. I have been known to give them in the past. I believe the Fallout game... Uh, Fallout uh, uh, New Vegas, uh, Fallout 3, those get 6s out of 5s. Uh, but this one definitely, this, this is verging on, on, on 7 out of 5. <laughs> Jeez, it's like, a, like an experience unlike anything I've ever felt before. Okay, so let me end by saying, uh, I think I had the, the strongest, also funny as well. Um, you have in your ear someone talking occasionally, sort of helping you move the story along, or maybe giving the odd tip. And uh, that voice is the voice of Reese Darby, who you may know from Flight of the Concords, many other things. Incredibly funny comedian. He was always one of my favorite on At Midnight. Just a funny, quick wit uh, uh, and incredible in this game. But the funniest moment of all came from Alex herself, her whoever did the voice actor, uh, and it revolved around Jeff. Uh, Jeff, you couldn't just shoot with guns. Uh, it wouldn't kill him. He was like invincible to guns, basically. Um, he, he, he was that strong, but there was a point in the game where 
you sort of uh, trick him into running into a trash compactor. <laughs> Basically, uh, I saw a trash compactor and I knew he followed sounds. So I just grabbed a bottle, like a vodka bottle, and threw it in the trash compactor. And he went in there. I then closed the door and turned it on and it smushed him into <laughs> this big gooey mess. And then uh, I went inside to see if maybe he dropped anything. I don't know. Some, some enemies drop loot, right? Uh, and then Alex goes, oh my God, Jeff, are you okay? <laughs> and it was so sort of out of left field. Um, it's like looking at this gooey mess of this, uh, uh, this former dead zombie fungal thing, uh, that I, like, I laughed like a maniac. Uh, so, you know, thank you for that. Oh my God, Jeff, are you okay? Good stuff. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is the Battlefield EarthCast reunion at Wooderkirkron 2021. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, item the first, the Kangaroo Jack reunion. Yeah, <laughs> this was just, uh, uh, and we're seeing a lot of this lately, uh, and it's sort of a curious thing. Um, like I watched, did I put it in the previous? Did I talk about it at all? I watched the Parks and Rec uh, reunion. Did I talk about it last episode? If I didn't, I, I should have. And uh, if I did, I guess I'm mentioning it again. That was incredible. They basically did it uh, as their characters if they existed today during all this COVID stuff, which was pretty cool. So it was all sort of done over a, a quote-unquote Zoom-style thing. Uh, very, very cool. Highly recommend that. Can still watch it online, I do believe. Uh, and, and there's been other things like that lately, it feels like, like reunions of casts uh, from past things such as that. I, I, I know Community's got one in the works. Uh, so Jimmy Kimmel on his uh, talk show, which uh, just watched clips online now, um, I guess that's what I always did, had on uh, Anthony Anderson. Um, and then during that interview, uh, brought on Jerry O'Connell. Uh, who were, of course, in the film Kangaroo Jack, which is just a really, really bad movie. That uh, one, one of the strangenesses of that movie in particular was the fact that it involves them and a kangaroo. Uh, and in the trailers, the kangaroo talked, but uh, in the actual movie, it didn't, except I think maybe in like a dream sequence or something, or at the very end in a dream sequence. So people sort of went to this, I think, thinking they were going to watch a talking kangaroo movie, but it never actually happened. It was just sort of a weird uh, a 90s style comedy, uh, an insane one. Um, very poorly reviewed, <laughs> uh, just, just sort of a bad movie. And, and, you know, it probably falls into a, a, a so bad it's good category. Um, but no one has ever wanted the, the Kangaroo Jack reunion. So the fact that they did it on Jimmy Kimmel, uh, sort of spoofing the fact that all these reunions are happening is funny. And I mention it here because that's what happens in the internet intercourse segments. I see things on the internet that I like and I bring them back and talk about them. And then I burp sometimes. Like that. Uh, okay, moving on to living on a sailboat for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, sort of been on the prowl for 
just sort of interesting videos like this. Uh, the missus and I will usually watch, you know, we'll watch a, uh, we're, we're season five or getting near season six, uh, through Star Trek Voyager. Uh, what else do we got on the go? Uh, Ozark. Holy shit. That's so good. I'm, uh, I don't think I'll have it finished by next episode, but that'll be coming up on an episode soon. So Ozark season three, just let me just say right now, I think might be my favorite season yet. Just so, so good. Um, but, uh, after we watch one of those, uh, we'll usually watch some YouTube and I've been sort of, uh, we've watched some Mikey Chen. We've watched, uh, uh, dancing bacons. I've, I've spoken of those before, but now I'm just sort of on the prowl for like different things. So like, like this one was cool. Uh, did I leave it open? I think I did. Uh, so it's called, uh, exploring alternatives is the name of the uh, a YouTube channel and uh, this um, this couple with a, uh, a child have been living on a sailboat for 10 years and just sort of sailing around the world um, and vlogging it the whole time very very cool uh, so we get a tour of their lives of their ship uh, just sort of the day-to-day -day. Uh, and, and not dissimilar to night on earth uh, videos of this just sort of uh, the the day-to-day -day of people's lives like uh, we've been watching other ones it's a like a day in the life of a, a Japanese uh, delivery man that that sort of thing just sort of a calm mellow turn your brain off a little bit uh, uh, this is a good example of that and uh, some, some interesting thing as well uh, get a get a different perspective on how people live their lives and this is definitely a different one so uh, very very cool it has its ups and downs seemingly uh, and I don't just mean from waves <laughs> uh, last but not least comic relief plays Dungeons and Dragons yeah so uh, we've got comedian Sue Perkins Nish Kumar Ed Gamble and Sarah Pasco uh, Ed Gamble was the only one I didn't uh, I'm not sure if I've ever seen him before. Uh, all the other ones I've seen on various, uh, as you know, if you are a longtime listener, I watch a lot of uh, a British chat show and game show type stuff, and uh, I've seen the rest be incredibly funny on more than one occasion. Sue Perkins, actually, uh, back when uh, Doctor Who it was announced was going to be female, uh, and before we knew uh, Jodie Whittaker had the role, people were sort of like throwing out guesses and there was like, who do you think it's going to be? Who do you think it's going to be? And somewhere I remember posting uh, the thought that Sue Perkins would be the next Doctor Who. And you know what? I feel like she would have done a really, really good job. Uh, and I wish that they got funny comedic people in that role. Not that they haven't necessarily. I, I mean, Trudy Whittaker is not exactly... A, a comedic actress i wouldn't say but 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 I, I feel like you could give the role of doctor who to a comedian and they would do amazing things with it because comedic actors can be dramatic actors but dramatic actors cannot necessarily be comedic actors hmm? how about that for a hot take uh, you know, it's a lukewarm take anyways uh, yeah, so uh, these uh, four comedians got together on the Dungeons & Dragons official Twitch channel um, and played for charity, for uh, uh, COVID relief. So, you know, good cause, comedians, Dungeons & Dragons, why would I not mention it here? Which is a good way to end this episode. Also, by saying, 
as I say at the end of every episode, that it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper